Okay, welcome back to North and Gold Podcast. I am Alaskutan. My name is Benji. I am Jake, the mighty Alaskan Ute, and I am much, much calmer today. Yeah, you guys are, Jake actually just barely started, he barely stopped yelling. <laughs> yeah, like two minutes ago. And that's why we didn't record earlier. Benji said, we're going to wait till you're done yelling. And here I am. We went off the air because my ears hurt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're good. that was an emotional rant. And I liked it. And I saw some feedback. I wasn't the only one that liked it from you, Ute fans. I liked it just because it's fun. And I think, man, it's, it's cool to see uh my uh co-host get a little emotional here and kind of bring some life to this but but i think a lot of you fans loved it because you were speaking the the words of their soul dude the pain they were feeling was coming out of my mouth and yeah uh, I, I you know it's uh i've had i've had a week to grieve i'm still angry but i'm a lot calmer now so we're ready to rock and roll yeah, let's let's start with the utes cuz you know we're at a time in the season where let's just get the boring stuff out of the way let's talk about utah State, Utah State. <laughs> no, Utah. State <laughs> Sorry, you misspoke. Actually, Utah State is actually more exciting this year than than they have been in in a while. But no, I mean a, a bye week. We'll say I'll walk that back a little bit. Be like, no, you had a bye week, and it's you know a little bit of expectations are are not quite where they were, but still pretty good. I saw you were saying some of these things. I feel like with Utah. All is not lost. I feel like they're, the South is wide open. There's still a chance to not only make something of the season, but to to kind of make this a landmark historical season. You know, I dude, feel like and, that's that's on the table. Yeah, and dude, could the the bye week could not have come at a worse time for fans. You know, yeah. I mean, oh yeah, after a terrible showing against Washington on offense. Then we have two weeks to sit around and wait it out. You know, all the while you're riding the high wave of beating Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Oh, and it's just I, been it's been a miserable two weeks. Makes, I'm looking forward to getting back out on that field, man. That that makes it especially hard on the Twitters, you know, when you've got the two extremes there. Cause we there's there's a feeling among BYU fans. I've seen a lot of BYU fans saying, Hey, you know what? Let's not overthink it. Let's enjoy this. Yeah, I I don't know how many of us if if we had to place a million dollar bet would say we'll end the season in the top twenty five. I I would expect that we'd be right around there, maybe in the twenty to twenty five range, which means there's probably another loss or two coming, or maybe three coming. Uh, but if if we happen to exceed expectations, maybe we're right around the twenty five. But uh, I feel like we're maybe ranked a little bit higher than we will end up. But uh, let's enjoy it now while we're there, right? You know what it reminds me of is is of uh, two years ago, and we already referenced this situation after yeah. you got beat by Michigan and then Utah annihilated Oregon and yeah, we jumped yeah. into the top five and we had a bye week after that and it was the most amazing two weeks of my life. I've said it before, yeah. the Lord could have come back and ended and I'd have been okay at that <laughs> point. You know, take yes. he could have set his foot on Mount the Mount of Olives, <laughs> Mount of Olives, divided it asunder, and I could have been okay because it was such an incredible feeling. But now it's it's the op- exact opposite. I'm in the pit of despair. I want the yeah. mountains to cover me. That that I think feels a lot like depression. Is like you know the story ended, the movie's over. Why am I still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if is this a. Um, where are you going with that? <laughs> is this a depression joke? Well, I'm just or say, yeah, this is like if your life was Utah football and that's all you cared about, you'd be like, you know, we reached the pinnacle in 2008. We just didn't know we were there. And then, you know, everything was great. And why are we still here? Let's just end 
Right. Uh, yeah. A, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly it's a good thing it. there's more to life than football, right? There is, yes. I'm there coming is. across as very sad today. I'm like a sad sack. I'm wearing my winter sweater. It's been raining for like two weeks here. All the leaves are on the ground now. And I can't Dude. I don't even have a chance. I'm trying to follow Ute Daddy's process where you gotta mow your lawn really short before the snow comes up, and we've got snow coming within a few weeks. And I can't mow my lawn because it won't stop raining. But Dude, uh, I, that I do not yeah. miss that about the falls in Alaska because we had our foot we're playing football on that crap yeah. too right and it would be three or four straight weeks of rain it's not just drizzle it's downpour and it's cold and it's dark yep. and we're practicing in four inches of mud and it's just <laughs> miserable man i do it's not miss that at all it's uh alaska's great for a lot of things but this year yeah you, you get a few people turning into sad sacks up here um yep. speaking of this is i had some good perspective too, ute fans this could be way worse my local high school team the coach was relieved of duties for embezzling, which means he was taking booster money. He's taking money from the families whose kids are playing at the oh. program. So he's halfway through. He's out. The assistants, from what I hear, their heart's in the right place. They just, they're not, this isn't their actual job. They're volunteers. They're not great, and the, the kids just aren't learning. This season has been getting worse and worse and worse. They are winless. There's two crosstown rivals. We have North Pole High School, and then we've got the two Fairbanks schools. Two weeks ago, we lost seventy to zero to one, and then this past week, forty-eight to zero to the other. And then oh. the very end of this last game last Friday night. And here's the cool thing, though: I showed up because I, I know a few of the kids playing. They're friends of mine that are teenagers, high schoolers, and so I showed up to support them. And the the stands were still full, and that that like warmed my heart. I was like, this community, despite everything, we're still here. And man, it was the worst ending. So fourth quarter. 20 seconds left in the game. It's 48 to 0. We line up for a 20 yard field goal. <laughs> it is like, it's rushed. The ball goes up in the air and it lands in the end zone. From like, <laughs> oh, man. It's like, oh, this is. So, uh, yeah. have, has, so, has North Pole lined up against the mighty Crimson Bears of Juno Douglas High School yet this season? I don't think normally they do play each other every year. And that's, for those of you who don't understand Alaska, that is incredibly, that's like. A, a tiny podunk school in the area of Los Angeles playing a tiny podunk Southern Idaho school. Like that's the distances they have to play. And so every year that I've been here, they have played. They'll take they take the airplane and make a journey of it. And they'll shorten the week because uh, Juno has two high schools, I believe, maybe three in the area. Well, they, so had, they had one when I was there, but I, I know they added Thunder Mountain High School a few years later. I don't know if there's a – is there a third now? I, I think what they've done, yeah, there's Thunder Mountain, there's um, Juno itself, and there might be one other. But they'll they'll shorten the week, so North Pole will show up and play, uh, like, on a Friday night, they'll play the one, and then the next Tuesday they'll play the other and then fly back. Dude, that's crazy, because when I played, we would take the ferry to Sitka or to Ketchikan, uh-huh. or we'd take the, the plane up to Anchorage to play West or Chugiak or whatever. So, yeah. It, yeah, crazy, man. But it is, it's literally, like hundreds or thousands of miles to to, to yeah. play these teams and we, we'd leave school we'd be like a four-day trip just to play a football game but anyway we can yeah. talk about the cook inlet football conference all day but <laughs> I, I don't think that's why people are tuning into this if if the season continues to trend downwards and <laughs> and we really have nothing to talk about as far as utah is concerned we can replace utah with alaskan high school football i'm okay with that okay that sounds great so uh hey so i i, I will ask for your forgiveness on something this last yeah. week when BYU matched up against Michigan State, I mean McNeese State, I was uh-huh. not able to find it on the TV, and <laughs> it happened to be my wife's birthday, 
So we yeah. went out to dinner instead. So I'm going to have to to let you handle all the recap of last week's oh, showdown amazing. before remember, we preview this week. Remember preseason when I talked about a jump pass heavy offense? Oh, uh, yes. Nah, it, it wasn't that. I was thinking, man, I could totally – that would be awesome if it was like everything I said came true. Uh, no, it was it was sort of how you expect it to play out. They started out slow first quarter. They weren't motivated. They kind of had – you know, I'm, I'm sure they were overlooking them to a large extent because of Washington that they have coming up around the corner. So really rocky first quarter. I think it was 3 nothing for McNeese after the first quarter. And then the best second quarter Kalani Sataki has ever had uh, you know, 20 points in the second quarter and then they just kind of never looked back they didn't play great it ended up 30 to 3 but it could have been 37 to 3 had they actually showed up first quarter I mean they would have steamrolled them so uh, the good the thing I like about McNeese it's good because McNeese at the FCS level is a fast team. They rely on speed, and that's been BYU's weakness. And so if you were going to cherry-pick your FCS opponent, this is the one I think that was good for them because this is, okay, their strengths are our weaknesses, but we're so much better, so it maybe isn't too risky, but let's at least prepare for them. So uh, I liked the game. Um, I'm not too worried. They pointed out, listening to the coordinators speaking about it, and and Kalani after the uh, Wisconsin game, this is why I'm optimistic going forward. BYU, they eked out a win against Wisconsin where here I am on cloud nine saying, man, this is an amazing landmark, historic win for the program. And Kalani immediately starts talking about all the things they could have done better. And, and he wasn't, that's not just coach speak. He was right. They left a lot of points on the field. Had they played to their potential, they could have beat Wisconsin by 14, 17 points. And and he's not wrong on that. They they made some mistakes. Uh, McNeese, they made a lot of mistakes. So that could have been a, a huge blowout. So I like that because that gives them something to focus on and work on in practice this week. I'm not going to go ahead and predict a win against Washington. I'm expecting Washington to be more of a within a touchdown because that's what Kalani does if you throw out 2017 and I've seen enough of a sample size to say we can throw out 2017. 2016 when we lost they were good opponents and they were close losses when we won they were close wins. 2018 seems to be following that pattern so I'm expecting BYU to show up play their guts out if they play mistake free football and play to their potential they're gonna win and I'm gonna be there I've got my tickets after after Wisconsin I booked the flights I booked the tickets I'm like this is worth taking this chance on I mean it's 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 not easy to leave Alaska it's kind of expensive it's a big yeah. deal with four kids and everything and I thought all right this is worth it this is our chance to go see him so so we thought it was worth the risk I will be disappointed if it's a blowout it, it's a 17 point spread and I think if that comes true They'll say, okay, well, that's what everyone expected was a 17-point loss, but I would be disappointed. I expect them to keep it within a touchdown and would love to see them win. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, before we talk about Washington, uh, I don't I don't follow a ton of BYU fans on Twitter, but I do f- know that when Utah struggles in the first quarter with a much lesser opponent, it's like World War II, all hell breaks loose, right? And yeah, so I'm curious, yeah. was it the same thing in the first quarter there with, with your people, or were you guys still like, ah, we'll yes get this? Yes and no. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I, I would say not necessarily the knee-jerk reaction, oh, no, we're going to lose to McNeese. There wasn't a lot of that. The thing that is similar to Utah Twitter among BYU Twitter is something I've been seeing a lot of this week is you've got – this this amazing season. We're ranked number twenty. We're three and one, and and those wins have been you know one FCS, but two really good teams. When you look at the entire year, 
we've already accomplished a lot. This is already a good year. You know, it's a little different. Utah and most P5s are back-loaded, heavy, big games at the end of the year. We've already got a lot of the heavy lifting done. So we can say, hey, this is already way ahead of where we thought we were going to be. This is great. A program's going in the right direction. I love seeing all the, you know, you could, I could talk for an hour about all the things I'm optimistic about with this. Things are going well. But Tanner's numbers aren't great. Someone was pointing out uh, the quarterback efficiency uh, out of 125 quarterbacks ranked, he's he's over 100. He's not in the top anything. He's way down there. Downfield passing is missing. Now, Grimes has been able to plan around that, and we've been able to get by just fine. But because of that, because that's not our identity, you know, we're BYU. We love to throw. We love the, the long ball. Tanner, two years or three years ago, he was, he was hitting 60-yard passes left and right. And that identity's gone, and so people are not – content with that aspect of it but that's more of a long-term you know three days later people are kind of griping about that so question then so these these passing numbers is it just for lack of attempts because they're scheming around it and just doing their their run heavy offense or is it are there opportunities where tanner's just missing them or not reading the the routes correctly what's what's going on what do you Uh, think it's going on a lot of both i mean you take a certain you'd say okay 75 percent of his throws are going to be catchable and then you take the receivers and you say 75% of the balls that come their way, they're actually going to catch. You combine those together and, and it's it's a bad mix. You know, you get kind of a 50-50 any pass. They, they maybe will get it, maybe not. And it could be the receiver's fault and it could be Tanner's fault. And so you have enough of that. I think Grimes has sort of in a reactionary way planned around that and schemed around that. And he's done a phenomenal job because he's, he's come up with ways to say, all right, we're going to set up our jet sweeps and either Squally's going to run right up the middle for 30 yards when they're snoozing, or we're going to hit Bushman or a tight end that's kind of sneaking up the middle. So really doing a great job of spreading out the field and attacking the weaknesses that show up. But man, it's it's one of those things where it just kills you because you, I get what they're saying. The BYU fans that are griping, it's not like I'm going to dismiss that. If we had a downfield passing game and if a 20 or 30 yard pass on target on the run was a part of our offense we'd be unstoppable because you add that to everything else we've got and there's no way you can scheme around everything we do. So it does kind of hurt that there's something missing, but you take a step back and look at what we're actually accomplishing. We're, we're making it work. It Honestly, it feels a lot like watching Utah the last 10 years. You know, there's there's a huge aspect that's missing. Defense is keeping him in games. Offense somehow finds a way and, and you exactly can't really be too Utah, upset. Yeah. That's exactly Utah. Just good defense keeps you in every game. Uh, hopefully limit your mistakes and find a way to win. That's what happens. You look at all yeah. their, even their, their big wins against Stanford in 2012. It's 20, yeah. like 27, 24. I mean, the only time where that hasn't really been the case with Utah is the aforementioned Oregon outlier mm-hmm. where we just all of a sudden turned into freaking Oregon ourselves and just, just dominating them. But the rest of the time, yeah, yeah it's, it's good D and it's uh, keep the off, keep them in it. So you go into Washington. Let me ask, have you ever been to a game in Washington before? No, you know, I actually haven't been to a lot of away games. Spending a lot of my life uh, in the state of Utah, and then, well, actually looking at it now, it's like half my life. I've, I've been away for a while, different places. I uh, When I was living in Southern California, I went to a San Diego State game, and that was actually a really cool story because I, they play in Qualcomm where the Chargers used to play, and it was three-quarters BYU fans. I mean, upper deck. We filled our side of the stadium, and they had their little contingent right there in the center. You know, not We, we had easily three-to-one, maybe even four-to-one, the amount of fans they had. And I saw that, and you hear the noise after every play, and you just sit back and you think, this 
this is part of, there's a few reasons people don't like us is, is BYU. Uh, a major one is we show up in other people's house and we're way louder than them and we're way bigger numbers. People don't like that. You know, it's like jazz fans. We hate the Lakers because when the Lakers show up, you got yellow jerseys all over the stands. I hate them. Yeah, I hate yeah, them. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, bro. I went to uh, the Washington-Utah game last year, and you are in for a freaking treat because yeah. it is such an awesome experience. They talk about it being the best setting in college uh-huh. football. And, I, you know, until I experience it, dude, it really is. You cut, you walk down through the campus kind of from the northwest towards uh-huh. the stadium, and then you just see the, the two stands on each side towering out over the water, and it looks freaking massive i mean it yeah. it seats seventy thousand, but it looks like it could seat a hundred thousand the way it's built and those upper really? decks are steep they look intimidating and you yeah. get in there and the place is packed and you're like dude this is freaking big boy football i mean you yeah. I, i've been to usc and, and ucla games and yes their stadiums hold more but it's not impressive because they're never full there's twenty thousand mm-hmm. empty seats you don't go there and think oh this is big boy football you go to washington you think holy crap this is as big time as it gets because it's freaking yeah. loud it's intimidating it's huge and it's right there on that lake and you can look out at the lake and it's just it's an incredible setting man it's yeah. easily of all the places i've been the pac-12 and i've been to most of them it's it's my favorite away nice. game to go to because it's just it's just the setting's awesome the fans yeah. are loud and tense and it's just a great atmosphere it's, it's funny you mentioned the steepness of the upper decks because when I was looking at, at the tickets, and I'm bringing four kids with me, and, and we talked a lot about planning this. We're like, all right, do I take just the boys? Then my daughter feels bad. And honestly, this year, my daughter has watched the most football with me, and I'm like, I can't leave her out. And then I was like, all right, well, do we bring if I just bring those three, then it's me with three kids. So it was like, all right, Melissa, my wife, she's going to come, and we've got a little baby. So it's like, you know what, we're all going. And, and my baby's just at the point where he started crawling downstairs and things like that. So I was on StubHub looking at the little preview they give you and, and looking at the field from way up there I'm like we're gonna be way too distracted my kid like uh, Isaiah my baby is just non-stop crawling everywhere all the time I was like I I'm gonna spend some more money because this is gonna save the life of my children who are gonna be jumping <laughs> off the stands and stuff like that Dude. so we're, we're close to the field by necessity because I'm scared and thought this is That's worth funny. spending money you won't on. regret it man you'll, you'll walk in there you'll look up at the stands across the way and you're like dude this is incredible it really is it's in, it's like awe-inspiring like I, yeah. I was I was blown away when I was walking through campus I was like this is amazing like I can see why people leave Utah to go to school here and I know right. that, that'll anger some Utah fans but like I can see why they do it because it's so impressive when you get there and it just feels big time funny story if, if so last were, year okay go ahead yeah so last year at that game right I'm there. That was the game where Kyle Whittingham inexplicably calls the world's dumbest freaking timeout of all time to, to give Chris Peterson another chance to win it. And he's like, okay. And he wins it. And I was so yeah. angry. As you can imagine, I was so angry that I was just like going off. I was yelling, trying to yell at Coach Witt as he's going off. Feeling, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why? You know, just going nuts, right? And uh-huh. uh, Josh Grant, former Utah basketball great from the 90s, yeah, took issue with that. And almost came over to start a fight with me. He's like, leave him alone. This isn't helping. This isn't helping. And I was so pissed that I was yelling, trying to tell Wit what an idiot he was and what a dumb call that was. And I almost got in a fight with Josh Grant because of it. So <laughs> Josh is like, come on, Jake, yell something helpful. So, yeah. so what's what's the helpful thing to yell at that point? Nothing. I was so pissed. That was the most angry I've been after a game because 
it good did. job, we, good effort, good job, good effort. Yeah, we had we had had a season where we were basically five hundred all year. We go yeah. up to Washington, who's still a top ten team, and we outplayed them for fifty seven freaking minutes. We were ahead yeah. of the, the whole freaking game, and then we're up by seven, and we get the ball back, and they stop us, and they they complete a fourth down to score a touchdown to tie it, and we're like, okay, we're taking it overtime. This is good. Anything can happen over overtime. Inexplicably, they get the ball back. They run the ball up the middle just to run the clock out, and all of a sudden, our coach runs on the field. Timeout. Hold on. Timeout. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> We're going to timeout. And then Chris Pearson's like, okay, throws like a 30-yard pass and kicks a field goal. Game over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the devil's advocate here because I, I was watching that unfold on TV. And it's like I, I have this theory that sometimes like we all have ideas at the same time. You know, the same time someone else thinks of something you thought of it too in that moment. You know, the idea just descends on everybody at once. And I feel like watching it unfold, I thought, all right, Peterson's going to run it out. Winningham, it was either, I can't remember, I'd have to watch it again. I got it when he called it because I was like, yeah, you want to make sure you don't mess it up. You don't have a penalty. You don't do anything wrong. It was either that or thinking, all right, we'll force him to punt so we get one chance to like just throw chuck it in the end zone. Something, you know, there was some way when he called it, I'm like, ooh, that's risky, but okay. But then you could tell because the camera, it was tight on Peterson as Witt called that. And you could see on his face. He changed his mind because of the timeout. He was he like, did. oh, you're doing that? If you're doing that, then I'm doing this. And then suddenly, when you could see the face change on him, it was like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. You know, it seemed like a good idea, and then it suddenly wasn't. And it was just you like. You could actually read his lips. He specifically said, what are they doing? Okay, let's go for it. Let's go for it. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. And they went for it and got it. Oh, now I'm getting mad again. Oh, no man. more yelling. We're calm. We're calm. <laughs> it's a bye week. week. We're calm. Yeah, everything's yeah. good. This, this, anyway, uh, so yeah, you, it's it's not a, good for uh, our blood pressure and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So that's all right. It's that's an incredible, uh, it's an incredible environment, man. You'll love it. Walk yeah. around. They they actually have right next to the stadium is the basketball arena, and it's open. You can go in. Oh, cool. And and check it out. And it's old school looking. You know, it's one of those yeah. old like, field house type places, and it's just cool to to see it. So just I I take some time and walk around campus because it's got a lot of cool architecture. It's a that's cool awesome. setting and. Yeah, it'll be a fun place for you. Here's here's our connection with the basketball program. My oldest, who's 11 now, is a toddler. He he really latched on to basketball, and not. I took him to a high school basketball game, and he didn't like it. What he likes is basketball highlights. You know, it's the attention span and everything. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it's even when he was in diapers or whatever. So we'd find YouTube playlists of, of highlights, and he would just love them. And you got to be careful on YouTube with your little toddler who's learning to talk with highlight videos, because yeah. a lot of them aren't the words that your toddler should be learning. Yeah. Washington Huskies, though, they put together some really good, really sweet, very clean highlight videos, and those are the ones he found himself watching. And there's one he's like, Dad, can I watch Husky 08? We're like, all right, Husky 08. <laughs> and so we type it, and it's the Washington Huskies 2008 highlights. And so Huskies became his team. And so we huh. even ordered him. He has a Washington Husky shirt from, you know, well, it doesn't anymore because it, it burned down. But when he was little, he had uh, a Washington Husky shirt uh, from, from cheering for that. So I'll have to walk him through there and show him Husky 08. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. So okay, so you expect what do you expect uh, this weekend up there? You said I'm, you know the the spreads about sixteen, but you expect something closer. What what it, ultimately what's your what's your what do you think is going to happen? I think uh, there's going to be one or two plays where BYU gets beat with the speed, you know, and it's going to be it's not going to happen as much as people expect it to because I feel like 
they know it. They know what everybody's saying about them. They know what their weaknesses are. Uh, kind of depends on who's healthy on the defense. Our defense has been a little bit depleted, but we get the right guys out there, and they can keep up with them. But the the opposite is true, though. Gaskin, I think he's questionable, right? If if he's if their running back's not out there, that changes everything, you know. So he's, there's he's there's still there's still kind of some things up in the air with regards to personnel, their offense and our defense, one way or another. If they're completely healthy and we're completely healthy, or if they're depleted and we're a little depleted, I feel like we're going to scheme properly, stop them most of the time. This is one of those you hate to be petty, but pettiness always comes out on Twitter. I feel like I would be happy if we can keep their their scoring lower than what Utah did. That would be a good thing for me, just kind of as a benchmark, because I know Utah – and I know BYU, and I know what BYU is capable of, and I feel like they can. I feel like if they show up focused, manage the uh, time of possession, things are going right, I feel like they can. I feel like they can keep them under seven, uh, 21, right? 21-7? Yep, 21-7. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at is D, if our defense keeps their offense under 21, that's great. Now they may get a uh, turnover or a special team score or something like that, but I would like to see the defense keep them to 21 or less. Always uh, comparing to Utah, man. That's I, what well, you do. But it's always you 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 no first. BYU fans, just Utah haters. That's what I always say. <laughs> it was funny when I was a kid. That was like an actual thing. There were T-shirts that would say "I like Utah" and whoever plays BYU. Like that was the narrative, like forever growing up in Utah. And and it sort of has switched. I'll admit that a little bit. You know, the the dominant team has switched, which means all of the roles have switched. So there's a little bit of that. I'll yeah. admit that. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll be honest about Washington. I do not think they're as good as they are ranking. Um, and I know right. this that says about Utah too. Not, it doesn't look good at, uh, about Utah either. But I don't think Washington's a top ten team. I watched them play, not only in the game where they came into Rice Eccles, but the week before. Um, I can't remember who they played, but it was someone they should have totally dominated, and they didn't. I just don't think Jake Browning has progressed mm-hmm. as much as he as he should have. He was he was best as a sophomore. He threw like forty freaking touchdowns as a sophomore. Last year I think he threw half that. And I just yeah. don't think he's a top level quarterback like he was supposed to be. And they don't have the same burners on the outside that they had in the past with Pettit and their other receiver that can't remember his name now that, that went to the pros. So I don't mm-hmm. think they're I don't think they're as good as their ranking. So I think I mean the thing is Wisconsin they were they were a top ten team and you went and handled them. So there's it wouldn't surprise me if BYU went in there and won. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think Washington's this. I, you think of a top ten team, you just think absolutely dominant, and I don't, I don't see that when I look yeah. at Washington. Yeah. No, so. I feel like uh, someone pointed out too with a, a seventeen point dog. Vegas odds are a seventeen point loss, and they're saying BYU hasn't allowed. I, I mean, I'd have to fact check this, but they don't allow much more than seventeen per game, which means you know if BYU's defense can show up and just do what they do, that means. For Vegas to be right, the offense has to lay an absolute egg, and I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I agree with you. I think end of the season, I would expect both BYU and Washington to be in that 20 to 30 range. I feel like they're much more evenly matched. Unfortunately, it's not a good matchup for BYU. Even though they're kind of capable of the same things when they play each other, You know, Wisconsin was a great matchup for BYU, even though they, I feel still feel like they were better. They, they matched up well. Washington... They may be even final rankings end of the year worse than BYU, but they match up well with BYU. The the advantages go to them. So, you know, it, I'd say, again, thinking about the uh, if it were a 10-game season and it was just Washington versus BYU every game of the year, I think BYU probably wins four. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's probably okay, fair. Okay, give me a quick score that will move on to the Utes. All right, I'm going to say 27-21 BYU 
and we're going to have one defensive score, and uh, I'm going to get at least one dirty look from a Washington fan when I'm there, but not because because I'm going to keep my language clean and everything just because I get a little excited sometimes, and, and I'll probably be holding my baby. and <laughs> so it, it won't necessarily be you're a bad fan. It'll be you're a bad dad. That's the look I'll get. Okay. Well, you have to return a report on that. Let us know what happens. All right, all right. Okay. All right, let's talk about Washington State. Oh, I, I, this game has me worried, man. Not only yeah. because of the way we've played, but uh-huh. you know, Washington State, they've beat us three games in a row, and high-powered offenses frighten me. And even though Utah's got a really good defense, and the strength of our defense is our pass defense, our secondary is flat-out ridiculous. So we uh-huh. match up. Our strength matches up well with theirs. Still, yeah. Leach, is, Leach is a wizard, man, when it comes to offense, and he can find ways to put points on the board. It does not matter who his quarterback is. He plugs a new one in, and yeah. they go, you know, from Connor Halliday to uh, to Luke Falk to this guy this year, Garner Minshew, to yeah. last year's starter, Tyler Holinsky. You know, they just they just score. And Garner Minshew, he's, he's – I mean, he's a fifth-year senior transfer – so he's older. He's he's uh-huh. been he's been experienced. He just went. They went to USC last week, and he moved the ball up and down the field at USC. Yeah. So I'm afraid if our freaking offense doesn't pull their head out, mm-hmm. it could be ugly. Um, I think our defense will will hold them to less than their average. So I'm expecting something like my optimistic side says something like 24, 21 Utah. Okay. Um, that that would be my optimistic side, but there's always the fear in the back in the back of my head that could be 35-7 Wazoo because we're going mm. on the road. You never know. One thing I do know is this game we will point to as a turning point. If we pull it out and we win and we play a good, sound game, I'm going to yeah. point to this game and say Wazoo is where we got back on freaking track because we went on the road against mm. a high-powered offense. And with all the negativity swirling around the program, and we're able to pull out a win, that's where where things got turned around. I think that that at that point we can still compete for the South. If we go up yeah. there and lay a freaking egg, dude, I think I think the wheels are going to come off because we go to Stanford the next week, um, yeah. who who's number seven now and just went to Oregon and won. Um, yeah. And so if we lose this Wazoo game, we'll be we'll be two and three uh, after Stanford, and it will be a bad bad feeling. Yeah. That uh, so I I think it would probably be fair to say it's a turning point for better or for worse. The season yeah. kind of hinges. This is a fork in the road. Utah's going to take it one direction or the other. It is, dude. It's early. I get that it's early, but it's it's absolutely a freaking crucial crucial game because, like you said, the South is wide open. And when we say wide yeah. open, it means everyone pretty much sucks. I um, think Arizona, Arizona is the top right now. They don't. <laughs> Which by <laughs> well, default, they technically means are. I mean, the top right. <laughs> Right, right, sure, sure. I, I, mean, I, saw, the, I saw the standings. They're at the top. <laughs> I number one team in the country, BYU. Number two, Arizona. Number three, yeah, Wisconsin. Cool. Number four, McNeese State. That's my top five right there. It, it um, is. It, it, people did point out McNeese actually is a top ten team in the nation. So that's that's right, a real thing you can't take away from them. You can't. No, and so is Weber, and we murdered Weber. Yes, so. yes. Uh, but the point is. Um, now I don't remember what my point was. What was it? Yeah, the South, dude. Arizona, they're they're not what they were supposed to be. Arizona State, they looked good. They beat Michigan State, but all of a sudden they lost at San Diego the next week. And uh, you know UCLA is a freaking disaster under Chip Kelly. And USC, they started slow, but you know this is what USC has been doing lately: starting one and two, one and three, yeah. and then turning on the Jets and winning the freaking South. So to, anyway, back to, to my point. Yeah, if yeah. We beat Wazoo. I think we got a good shot to still win the South. If we don't, the wheels could come off. Yeah. 
To your point, too, watching, I caught a little bit of the Arizona State Washington game, and I feel like that was evidence of what you were saying. Washington probably is ranked a little bit higher. They won, but they didn't win dominantly for us. Arizona State preseason, we were all looking at them saying Herm Edwards is coming in, and it just kind of was a program a little bit in shambles. And, you know, they gave Washington a good game. They did. They did. They, they It was a game the whole turn, the whole time to the end. Yeah. Um, and, and Arizona State's kind of a mystery, man, because they did beat Michigan State. Yeah. But then they lost to San Diego State, and then they, they gave Washington a good game. So I think the jury is still out on, on Arizona State. They got a good quarterback in Manny yeah. Wilkins, and they have an incredible game-changing wide receiver that is like Megatron Jr., you know, like yeah. legit NFL surefire starter in the NFL receiver. So when you got that at the college level, mm. you'll be in any game. But anyway, I, back to the Utes. I think, uh, yeah, I think yeah. we win 24-21. I think all the pressure to run Moss this week will will, will finally – get through to Taylor and we'll he'll run 25 26 times a game have 125 plus yards couple scores and we, I think we pull it out 24 21 how how awesome would it be if Kyle Whittingham shows up does not throw a single pass the entire night <laughs> dude that, I would be okay with that because that was my game plan last week remember I said just direct snap to Moss yeah. all night <laughs> just direct snap yeah. dude run the freaking wishbone for all I care I don't care you know that's the thing too the, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go way way back to to my times before I was a podcaster. I did a little bit of uh, f- just blogging on the side, freelance blogging at Torn by Sports, where I'd write up a thing here and there. And uh, back when BYU was looking for the coach, again, you you bring it back to BYU's identity of we throw the ball, we throw the ball deep, and that's what they were looking for. And so rumors, you know, you, you wonder what happened with Ken Niumatu Lolo, and. That was sort of one of the narratives that whether it's founded in truth or not was surfacing was that he's good and he knows how to win, but he's not going to do it the BYU way, so he's not a good fit. And it blew my mind because I was looking at numbers of teams, where where the recruits are and where they should, where they finish. And so I was looking at those numbers a lot with uh, the Boise State teams that were good, the TCU that was good, BYU's teams that had been good, and and comparing, okay, how does Bronco – compare with Kyle Whittingham, with Gary Patterson, with Chris Peterson, as far as the ability of to get these kids that are a certain class of recruit and then perform with them. And when you look at Ken Lolo, he'd taken the class that should have been like 120th in the nation, and he was currently ranked in the top 20. And I thought, you, you just, that's all I need to know about him. I don't care if he does it running people backwards or, you know, yeah. it doesn't. He's a good coach, how, man, yeah. How you get there doesn't matter, but the style points matter for people who, uh, when you want to be on ESPN Top 10, when you want to get the uh, the brand out there and get that exposure, which is the buzzword, you can't do it in a boring way. I will say what's it's funny is now watching Utah fans as we complain about not running Zach Moss enough. Yeah. It's really funny because the bottom line is all anybody really wants is to win. They yeah. don't freaking care how you get there. When Utah beat BYU 3 nothing, it may have been the most boring game in the world, but all I remember uh, is leaving victorious out of yeah, the yeah. stadium. I didn't care about how we got there. So same type of thing is for years we've complained about not having a Pac-12 level passing offense. We can't pass the ball. We can't pass the ball. We suck at passing the ball. No throw game. Hashtag throw game. All that crap. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. now that we can't do either, we can't <laughs> run the ball. We can't. We just need to be like Wisconsin and Stanford. We have all these NFL running backs. Just run the ball to them all the time. Oh, yeah. But, so so what it comes down to, it does not matter how you get there, how you skin the cat. People just want to win, you know? That's just, all I want. Just I just want to freaking win. Yeah. It, you know, and it, as someone who's coming from a uh, 
you know, I feel like I've been in an eight-year drought, nine-year drought, eight, whatever. They took a couple years off. So it's been it's been since 2009 since BYU beat their most hated rival. I, I don't care how ugly that win is. I want the win. And the fans, I mean, they want the win. That's one. And, and Utah fans will mock that and be like, look, we're their Super Bowl. Well, no, of course we are. It's been <laughs> since 2009. Like, yeah, uh, you, you, that's not like a crazy stretch of the imagination that that's the one we want. It's yeah. been a I long mean, time. You talk about the, the script flipping, right? When, when Ron yeah. McBride got hired, he, he was told, all you got to do is beat BYU. You yeah. know? And it's funny how, you know, once once it kind of flips and now Utah's, you know, winning more than just beating BYU and then now BYU hasn't beat Utah for a while, how it just the, the roles changed. But, yeah. you know, sports is cyclical, my friend. You never know what it'll look like a decade from now. All I yeah. know is a decade from now, know. Utah have three natties, and then that's the only thing I'm sure of. Is <laughs> three Anderson Hester national championships. Meanwhile, uh, North Korea will have nuked like all the East Coast is gone. The United States of America <laughs> now consists of like six Utah, teams. Nevada, it's and like Idaho. Wyoming and Utah. Yeah, yeah, and they'll, and they'll have those. You know, you never, never know you never the future. Do. That's just, you just never know. All right, bro. Let's wrap this up. We're, we've gone. We're we're long winded here. So on a bye week. There's a point I wanted to make, but it's gone. Oh, okay. What no, was no, it? I'm sure gone. it was excellent. I, I'm sure it was excellent. It was something about that. Uh, you know, you just want to win. I I feel it's this is the funk. This is the rain in Alaska. It's getting my brain all clouded, and, and I feel like I've made a few. There's just know there was one more good point that I left out on the field. I didn't convert. There was just pretend you know what, I said. You know what you can good. do is if you think of it after, just record it and splice it in somewhere. <laughs> and I'll I'll just pretend. I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Good point, Benji. Good let's point. Go ahead, and then let's splice go ahead that. And record. It got to be say something like, uh, "Oh, that was really smart. I hadn't thought of that." Benjamin, I have not thought of that. That was the most incredible point I've ever heard. All right, I'm going to splice it because I'm going to be driving to lunch right now, and I'm going to remember it and record it later, so we'll do this. Okay, all right. We'd like to thank this week's sponsor once again, Soda Flow Drink Shop in North Salt Lake, purveyor of the finest flavored coffees, sodas, and treats known to mankind. Yeah. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully the Utes have pulled themselves out of this funk, and I will be happy again. And uh, yeah, that's it. Next week's episode, That's the, you talk about you know for sure there's three national championships in the future. I know for sure we will have an interesting episode next week, one way or another. It's going to be we an will. interesting episode. Tune in next week. All right. Go Utes. Go Cougars.